Good, great. buddy? Yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, this is, this is, I don't want to jinx us. This might be a pod for the books. People are going to talk about episode 75. It's good. It only took us 75 to get there. And welcome back, everybody, to the most awesome and Brandana Sports Podcast, coming at you as we always do. And we have a dynamite episode 75 for your eardrums. Guys, do us a favor. Subscribe. Leave five stars. Tell a friend. Shoot us an email at mabsportspodcast at gmail.com. I am Brandana, and with me, as always, in the fantasy pod game, he's my keeper, most awesome. That's right, baby. Yeah. I'm on the top ten list. No, I'm not number one, brother. Number I'm keeping. Number one. Oh, I, look at that. I, you know what? All other potters look somewhere else. This is my keeper. Move on. Draft somewhere else. It's done. Mark it off your list. There you go. There you go. I like it. I like it. Thank you very much. You're my keeper too. I don't want you oh, to look, look at <laughs> was, was it? That. Was it obvious? I was waiting for that. I'm just like not <laughs> moving on from this intro <laughs> until he says I am his keeper as well. Uh, how's your week been, buddy? Oh, it's been good, been busy, you know, just work, kids, kind of getting back in that post-vacation vibe. Uh, so, you know, just living life. What, what, what about yourself there, Brandana? Uh, it's been pretty good. I got great news. You can see behind me that I moved all the shit out of the op- office. Ooh, ooh, so Apartment watch. That's right. Apartment watch. We can finally check that off the list. I do have a place to stay. The office will not have to worry about all my laundry anymore and mattresses all over the place. That is a thing nice. of the past. Nice. Guys, we have a Dynamite jam-packed full episode 75, so we're going to get right to it. We are doing, right from the headlines, we're talking Madden 20. We're going to jump into the MAB inbox. We have an MAB guest that's going to join us, Coach Harris from the Netflix series Last Chance. You jumping on the horn with us, giving us a little bit of his time. Going to hit Neapolitan Showdown. We're talking the worst things about tech Technology. We're going to do the Brandana Gambling Corner. We are doing the NFC West. This is going to be, where are we at, brother? We're at five of eight. That's is that right? Five Six, of eight. Five of eight. Yep, five, of eight. You're got, right. five of eight. Got to finish it up, man. Hall of Fame game last night. We got to get this wrapped up. Uh, and then we're going to finish, as we always do, with our MVP of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, you're our power. Starts now. Extra, extra, read all about it. From the headlines, Madden 20. Why are we talking about that this week, brother? We're talking about it because on August 2nd, Friday, uh, the release of Madden 20, the 31st edition of Madden Football, was released with one Pat Mahomes from Kansas on the cover. Oh, the cover. No man curse here, KC fans. Does that, uh, does that curse still exist? It's still a thing, right? I don't right? think so. It's over? No, I mean, okay. yeah. No, I don't really think so. I think it died with Peyton Hillis way back in the day. Yeah. Whew. As his like career did. did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. <laughs> so he was the last one. He's still in on that curse. He was just the last one yeah. to have the curse. Yeah, got me that. Yeah, exactly. He's just anything that comes up. He's like, oh, you know, call heads. It goes tails. He's like, oh, man, curse. <laughs> curse. That's what it is. It's just like whatever it is. It's like wherever he's bartending right now, he's just like, oh, man, I messed up. We're out of sweet and sour mix. Oh, man, curse. Man, curse. Oh. Exactly. Uh, did you play Madden growing up, bro? 
You know what? I uh, I didn't. I really did not get into Madden. I was much more of a NCAA college football guy. That was my jam. Yeah. Um, but we've talked about it a little bit. Ed O'Bannon and the whole uh, you know likeness rights uh, for that game has suspended that game in 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 perpetuity. I don't know if it's ever going to come back, mm-hmm. but. I have played Madden on occasion. It's a little too high tech for me. I'm, I'm too, used to like the uh, yeah. four buttons, two buttons. That's what I was gonna just say. Kind of too, too many keyboard. buttons, right? I remember sitting down. Yeah. And it was just and also like I don't like because I'm a. I mean, I think we're both tech mobile guys. We talked about that. Yeah. I do want to oh, yeah. like we tried tech mobile. If you're out there, Nintendo. Who made it? Uh, was it Capcom? I, I don't know. Tech, uh, Tecmo. Tecmo. Tecmo? Okay. That makes sense. It's yeah. their, their bowl. All right. Copy that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Sweep the nation right now. If you could play with all your boys, it's kind of like fantasy football, but if you could just get onto like an emulator and then have like eight different guys pick a team for Tecmo Super Bowl, and then you guys just meet and play online, and you can look and be like, oh, those guys played, and then like play your whatever against the computer, and then we play. How awesome would that be, man? Dude, it, I'm getting chills. Like, I don't, you can't see it on the pod, but my hair is standing up on the end of mine. It's awesome. Oh, man. If that could happen, like, people would legit do that. They would legit do it. I'm, I'm sure I'm sure there are much more savvy audience out there that's listening to this. We're like, yeah. of course there is. We're doing it right now. We're actually yeah, we're, playing uh, as we're listening to you. Yeah, uh, the algorithms to make it. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That happened to me with Madman. So I liked I liked uh, Tech Mobile, like we talked about. And that had the side yeah. view. It was a little bit more just like straight joysticky, like you're going up, you're going down, yep. like just kind of like switch the receivers and throw. Matt, like truck sticks and just like turbo sweeps, one button spins, another dives. Like I would always be the guy like – when I first get the controller, they'd be like, Brandon, you can play. And I'd be excited to play. And if like, yeah. it's almost like, it's like playing tennis with somebody. If someone knows how to play tennis and the other person just doesn't know how to play tennis or isn't very good, oh, yeah. it is not entertaining to watch. It's just a, no. the same thing with Madden. If someone's like good or great at Madden and the other person just doesn't know what they're doing, like it is just a disaster. Like I remember I sweep out and I think like I'm hitting like the turbo button, but it's just like Adrian Peterson doing spins until he flies out of Spins. bounds. <laughs> right, 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 exactly. Yeah, uh, it, it is just there. There's all sorts of complications to it, um, and yeah, I, I I like the old just kind of there's give me two buttons or four buttons and just yeah. this is move ahead, this is move to the right, move to the left. I like that. But this man game, I will tell you right now, is like going back to the roots. There, you got your player. What do they call it? face of the franchise Ooh. this is giving me a little bit of my college football where you can actually create a player yeah. you could make brandana be the face of the franchise as we would he could sign up with one of uh 10 like licensed uh colleges icc not part of that license so maybe they should we should talk to man next year get a little juco transfer going on there right, yeah, yeah. but anyways there you go and uh so um but yeah, so you can go out there and kind of start your collegiate career and then move up the ranks. So I thought that was an interesting little wrinkle that they added to Madden that's not then been before, as far as I remember. Yeah, it was fun. Like I do like the idea of you know that all that information is saved. And I did play a little Madden, but I kind of got into uh, ESPN came out the football game. I think we talked about it before in the pod. Also, it only lasted like yeah. two or three years or something. That that was a lot of fun. But just kind of like all those stats like kept track of and like going through that first season and starting a dynasty where like some players are retiring and then you know you play like 10 seasons and like all the like yeah. real names are kind of like just like not even in the league anymore right right yes i i've gotten into that where it's like oh yeah you know terry joiner that, that guy's a stud oh wait no that's a that's a computer game i don't know who that guy that's a, i'm just like mixing the two worlds before so i think uh i think you're gonna be in town at the end of 
August, I might have to. I'm gonna let's not get crazy. I'm not gonna buy a gaming system. I I just turned 37. Remember when they just slow down? I'm like too old for it. I don't, I don't have right. kids to justify it either. It's just like oh, they love the video games. It's like every time we come over, we don't even see them on it. It's just you. Like what's what's going on? There? But I do. I I'm gonna get my hands on a PlayStation or whatever, and you and I we're gonna we're going to play because it should be pretty even. We'll play this Madden 20 game versus each other. Oh, I like it. I like it. We'll post a score, maybe a little yep. online video. Oh, I like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Bit. I like it. That's called a tease, ladies and gentlemen. Look at that. Okay, well, let's get into the rankings. So uh, I'll just I'll fly through the top ten real fast. We have the number one spot: uh, Aaron Donald at ninety-nine, DeAndre Hopkins at ninety-nine, Khalil Mack ninety-nine, uh, Bobby Wagner ninety-nine, Antonio Brown ninety-eight, Julio Jones ninety-eight, uh, Luke Kelce ninety-eight. Um, I don't even know who this guy. David, who is this? The Bakhtiari, the tackle Bakhtiari, from. Yeah. Uh, and then yep. Todd Gurley, second, 97. Patrick Mahomes, 97. Uh, this top 10 list look right to you? Yeah, I would say Luke Keckley, 98. Is that what you said? I mean, I guess it's right. Yeah, I probably, I mean, he's probably up there. I, I am actually surprised that Bobby Wagner is in that, like, Club 99. It's pretty an elite club. Yeah. But it also feels like we missed on a few quarterbacks, too. I know. Uh, Tyron Matthew is talking about how Pat Mahomes and Drew Brees isn't a nine, aren't 99s. He was like, it's impossible. He's like, that dude, those dudes are 99s in real life. How are those guys not 99 in Madden? So let's start a little bit. Did you dig in? Because I know you're a stat head and a nerd. Yeah. Uh, did you dig into how yeah. they actually did these Madden rankings? You had to take a peek, right? Yeah, I mean, they have the Madden rankings adjusters. I, I, there was a Forbes article that I was trying to just get the highlights on it. They didn't really kind of... Uh, maybe I just like I said they just skimmed it they didn't really get into the how the sausage is made so much but yeah. they did talk about some of their metrics that they use like from the combine and having st- statistical data you know from you know now the past like 30 some odd years where they can kind of better adjust these numbers I will say one thing they actually dropped down a, f- a fair number of people below a certain threshold before a lot of the guys were, you know, above 70, and they had, like, 1,500 guys that are above 70. Mm-hmm. Now they are, have, like, only 1,100 guys below uh, above 70. So they're really trying to make it, like, the top-end talent is the guys that stand out, and then the middle guys, there's a big disparity between b- between those, you know, those those elite players. So it almost it, it values the elite players more, which it kind of should, because that's what we're talking about, right? right. Like, NFL, like, yeah. the, the average career for an NFL player is whatever, like, two years and some change. So we are really looking like it is super rare to have like these amazing careers. So if you do have an amazing player, like we see in the league, if you have an amazing quarterback, like you're almost just punch your dance card for the postseason. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And so uh, and so, yeah. And so I think it's I think that top 10 looks pretty accurate. I did dig into uh, your Vikes. Oh, thanks for doing some, that. You want to hear some numbers on some bikes there? <laughs> I did, yeah. I looked at that. So the only thing that kind of came out, like I, I like the idea, and I know you'll dig in a little bit about uh, players' reaction to their bad scores, which is hilarious. Yes. Which is fair because everyone, you know, like I, I think there's – I don't think it's unfair to say like you know these athletes they have a lot of time on the road or whatever and they got a pastime and it's like it's a lot of them are famously like video game players which would make sense so they yeah. kind of like see their stats and like that is kind of the benchmark of what's going on. I think you have fantasy sports which is kind of where you're being ranked and then kind of be like your Madden score. So real fast, yeah. I, I do want to jump into the Vikings and I want you to go ahead and kick dirt and talk shit about them. Before we get to that, <laughs> as we will, uh, describe the kind of different vibe you get from a Madden ranking versus like a fantasy football ranking. Ooh, that's a good, that's a great question. I think, uh, I think the biggest difference for me is like a Madden ranking 
just very much is a you know is a, like a perfect situation for this person. I.e., Todd Gurley being ninety-seven, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. That doesn't that doesn't take into factor unless they. And I know that the rankings or the ratings for Madden have much more deeper and tangible. So I'm sure there's an injury intangible. I'm sure there's something that's on there that maybe hopefully predisposes him the same way that Todd Gurley is now. Mm-hmm. But uh, Todd Gurley and Madden at a 97 could, and it, at his age could have a, you know, Emmett Smith, Barry Sanders esque career. If you're playing out that dynasty mode. Yeah. And so I don't know if that regression happens the way it should, or just like the the probability of the injury coming up, the the career ending injury, right? Like Madden historically never had like the Terrell Davis, where it's like, oh, five years and like you play and then boom, he's knocked out. And like it's you know sometimes you'll get guys that get injured and they might even be injured for the season, yeah. but then they're back and they're back up to their form full, the next yeah, year. Exactly. Like you never have like a career ender in that dynasty mode. So that's the biggest difference that I see with like Madden versus like fantasy fantasy is very much in the moment as it rolls. It's real time. You know, we are ostensibly the Madden adjusters week to week with our rosters, right? We're changing it every single week, basing on what we saw and the production that came from it. So that's the biggest difference I, I would say. That's great. And that's what I was going to say too. Like, uh, I mean, I'm really glad that you brought up Todd Gurley cause I think he's the perfect example. Cause right. We're yeah. talking about like on a Madden rating, it's just like, like in a vacuum, this guy's talent, this is the level he is. Right. But in real life, you look at Todd Gurley, you look at how the postseason finished, you look at like an injury, you don't have all the information in on you're exactly right too. Like, let's say in a Madden game, like a player does get knocked out for a year. Todd Gurley, like he, uh, what like tears his ACL. Then he comes back the next year and he's going to be close to that like score where we've seen like a lot of players not be able to fully bounce back from that, or even at least like take a year to kind of get back to at least like ninety percent form. Right. Yeah. And that's and that's and I and I think they I think the Madden you know engineers behind that the guys that are writing that code probably know that and wouldn't and and that's the one thing that they wouldn't want to make. A, uh, a a real life you know kind of metric because it would be it'd be insanely frustrating if I was like a huge diehard Rams fan and I was playing like this dynasty mode I'm like I'm gonna win ten Super Bowls with the Rams and then Todd Gurley gets like a career ending injury <laughs> yeah. I was like ah oh, I bet I might as well just start this freaking game <laughs> yeah. over again this totally pisses me off there's just a line of Best Buy it's just like I would like to return this game <laughs> like this is a fake video game and I don't need it to be exactly like real life because it's bumming me out. Right, exactly. I, I, I came here to get away from my problems, not create more. Okay, here's a, here's a crazy thing, too. So one more um, just kind of yes. ranking score that I had issue with. Uh, so I, I just want to bring this to your attention. Odell Beckham Jr., 96. Tom Brady, yes. 96. So mm. Tom Brady, the second quarterback. Uh, so they're, they're even right now in the score, obviously, different positions. Number one, does that 96 for Tom Brady feel a little high? Because here's what I'm talking about. I'm not saying, like, career-wise he is arguably the best quarterback ever not arguably in the top three like uh, that's definitely like you just can't argue it is he a 96 at age 43 heading into the 2019 football season yeah it's a good point I think what the I think it shows where they put the one thing that I was reading that they put value on IQ that's why like a lot of the the rookies there's only one rookie that's above 80 that's Quentin Williams out of um, the Jets so they looked at it as like those guys are obviously supremely talented but they don't have the football IQ and the experience yeah. based on it so I wonder if 
because I'm, I'm pretty sure Brady has a 99 in his in his football uh, IQ, yeah. football acumen. So maybe that like tips the balances. But you're right, there is some like physical limitations, and the arm just isn't there. You know, so I you know I'd have to really look at all the different metrics and go, you know, where is he in this scale in comparison? Now, where you know if 96 is too high, what's the accurate number for him? Is it like because 92 feels like maybe that's right, but looking at some of those other guys that you would put at that 92, you're like, oh, maybe that's a little low. So maybe 96 is so, – maybe he's not the second guy. Maybe he's like 94. So, for example, like uh, 92 is a great number because that's where we start to see our next quarterback. So it's Pat Mahomes uh, at 99, and then we have 90, – 97. Or 97, sorry. Yeah, Pat Mahomes at 97. Then we have Tom Brady at 96. And then we start seeing our next quarterbacks. Uh, Philip Rivers at a 94 – and then at 92, we have Drew Brees and we have uh, Andrew Luck, both of the 92 score. So I – Yeah. I, and, I, and 94 for Rivers seems a, t- a tad high too. Seems I, that I'd, high. Put, yeah. I'd put Brees at 94 and Rivers – because Rivers is a good quarterback, but I would put him in that 91, 92 range. Yep. Agreed. You know what I'm saying? And then Andrew Luck, just because of the injury proneness – you know, you'd put him at like I put him at ninety two, but with like an asterisk to like. Well, I don't. Starts, yeah, I don't know, think the, those adjusters yeah. would move him up quickly. But in defense, I think what you said earlier, we don't account for the injury proneness, right? Because it's just like in a vacuum. These scores are like in a vacuum. Let's assume all health is great. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I would. So yeah. So if you're starting a franchise right now, you're starting a Madden, Madden franchise. You're firing it up. Like, so Mahomes is off the board. What quarterback do you go with next? Yeah, you, you have a Breeze, a Brady, a. And that's funny. Like, I, I guess they're not saying dynasty because it's not like you know, obviously their age uh, on the other end being too old isn't weighing into it. Like the fact that right. you know, if I'm trying to build a dynasty, I, I'm not building a dynasty with Tom fucking Brady because it's like even if I get right. this year, like if I get you know one of Tom Brady's three or four best years, like there's no way two years from now like he's my starting quarterback. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I would say if I'm building a dynasty, probably looking at our man Baker Madfield. Look at yeah, that look at oh, that. Yeah, yeah, dialing it up, baby. Official quarterback like of the MAB Sports Podcast. We're looking at you, buddy. We see you. We see you growing that stash. Nice. <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, so here's my problem. So I did bring up uh, Odell Beckham Jr. versus Tom Brady. And here's what was weird to me. Okay, so they're both 96, and I'm going somewhere with this, brother. So uh, awareness, uh, OBJ, 93, to Tom Brady's 99. Speed, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Odell Beckham Jr., 94, Tom Brady's 60. That's probably still a little high. Uh, yeah, yeah. Actually, 94, 66, high. agility, uh, 98 for OBJ, 70 for Tom Brady. Here's what's great. Strength. So let me just say the people around this. Uh, Von Miller, a 97. He has 84 strength. J.J. Watt, 97 strength. Fletcher Cox, a little lower, 95. Strength for Tom Brady, 64. Strength for Odell Beckham Jr., 53. Is there something I didn't hear about where this guy has to do like knee push-ups or something? Like what? What is this? Like, what is this? Like fifty-three? It's so biz- It's so low. So it's definitely. I mean, it's the lowest out of all the tops. You don't see another another number that low until you get down to still scrolling, still scrolling, still. Sc- Brother, like I'm so. T. Y. Hilton has a forty-six, and he has a ninety-one overall, and I would say he's roughly about like player number thirty overall. What What's the story with Odell Beckham Jr.'s strength? Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know. It's weird. I, I, I think that's a I think that's a Madden thing because I think if they bump it up to I'm sure 
OBJ and T.Y. Hilton could crush Brady in a bench press. That's what I was going to say. If there's if Odell Beckham Jr. is arm wrestling Tom Brady, like I'm putting everything I have on Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. And, like, I bet you we could even go back to the um, – we could go back to the combine and see, although I'm sure Brady didn't do bench press, but OBJ and T.Y. Hilton did. So 225, just look at that relative to where they're at. But it's, uh, yeah, that's, I think it's I think it's one of those things where it's like, if we make it like 60, it's going to throw off the algorithm. It's gonna like it's going to make, make OBJ, yeah, it's going to make OBJ like, a, you know, a 99 plus. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is like, that's always the fun thing about men too, when you can create like the rando guys and you're like, what happens <laughs> exactly, if I just yeah. made 99 across the board and he's like 6'7", yeah. 250, 275 pounds. Like yeah. he's, the computer won't know what to do with him. And I call that player Brandana and he's starting quarterback and probably <laughs> league MVP is what happens. The face of, face <laughs> of the franchise, yeah. Uh, all right, buddy. Uh, kick some dirt on my Vikes. What do you got? Oh, okay. So, uh, you know, really, I thought Thielen, Harrison Smith, Diggs, probably all appropriated. I think maybe Harrison Smith, I always feel like he's overvalued, but then he produces a lot of numbers on there. So, good on him, 94. Your boy, Dalvin Cook, out of the top 10, even though he's your number three overall fantasy projection. <laughs> I know, but, it's a, but I want a little homer. I, you will agree that, like, there is – so, let's put a positive spin on this. Devin Cook has established his floor, in my opinion. He's established where his floor can be. Right. How high, can, <laughs> how high can his ceiling get? Right. For Brandon, he's hoping that 99 mark. Um, Cousins, 81. Cousins, 81. I looked up um, Will Blackman, did it in, uh, a former defensive back, now a sports analyst, did an, uh, a Twitter poll on that Kirk Cousins at an 81. 1,300 people voted on it. 46% of them said it was accurate. 28% said it was too low. 26% said it was too high. But he is still two points higher than my boy Matt Stafford. So oh. fear, fear not, my friend. Matt Stafford is a talent. You know what I'd like to say? Like, there has to be a little recency bias, right? And that maybe it's not even a bias. I, bias it should weigh in. But I would be interested to see, like, what – Cousins rating was kind of that second year coming out of Washington. Cause I mean, like was it a little higher? Like, was he a better player then? Just as far as like the general opinion of him. I, I mean, I think so. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. You, you're probably right. It probably was like a 90 or not a 90. It was probably like a 86 to 88 yeah. somewhere in there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that's, and it's funny too, because I was thinking about Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is an 81. And, like, Lewis Riddick from ESPN is talking about Carson Wentz being the MVP, you know, as a potential dark horse for the MVP. I'm sure two years ago when the the Eagles were tearing it up and they beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl, just before Wentz went down with that uh, ACL tear, I'm sure his Madden stock couldn't have been any higher. Uh, conversely, on the top of the NFL 100, Carson Wentz was – Two years ago was like in the top twenty. This year he's like 80th or something. So I do think there's a little bit of recency, the history of now in Madden and in the NFL. So do you like this? Uh, real fast, kind of close this out. Players looking at this score, like does that get him fired up to prove it wrong? Yeah, I hope so. I love it. I mean, <laughs> I, I love it when the guys take uh, take take the piss out of themselves a little bit. Like 
Tony Jefferson uh, from the Baltimore Ravens, or he was last year. I don't even know if he's drink everyone. I don't know if he's on the Baltimore Ravens anymore. Uh, he, he just posted a picture. It's like a shirt that said, I'm trash, which, you know, he said he had, a, he had an 84 rating. So he thought he was trash. Uh, Keenan Allen had took umbrage on his score. Demarcus Lawrence was, I think, legitimately pissed off that he, he was an 89 and he couldn't have even gotten to a 90. Um, and then we talked about Tyron Matthew kind of commenting on other people on their behalf. I think it's fun. I think these guys, like you said, have lots of downtime, play video games. Video games are a part of their life, probably all through college playing on the road, just trying to stay out of trouble and, you know, keep their nose clean. And, I, you know, I think it's a fun thing for these ki- for these guys, and we should enjoy it, and we all be kind of part of it. But hopefully no one's really taking it too serious. Oh, oh. one little fun thing that I did find out that I thought was fun. Uh, so every year, the Madden does a Madden sim of the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. They've done it for the last 16 years. Venture to guess their accuracy on, on the last 16 years? Actually, I kind of do like I dug into this because, you know, I love to gamble. Oh, you saw it? And I look for yeah. kind of any edge I can get. Uh, last 16 years, so I'm going to say they went. You have the number for 16 they went. I, I'm not going to be able to calculate yeah. the percentage real fast. I think it's like 13 for 16. Oh, you're, you're a little off. The, it's 10 for 16. Uh, okay. So, but, but for have, I guess would be true. Oh, because it's not it's not against the spread. No, it's not against the spread. Yeah. No, but here's here's the thing. So they're they're two for four in their last six years. That they started off hot eight and two for their first ten years. In that first ten years, they had four uh they had the the four times they had the right winners and the right point differential. Oh, so obviously shit. not the spread, but they yeah. but they had it right on the nose point differential. So you know something to just keep an eye on. For those gamblers out there. I definitely will. We'll have to bring that up on the Brandon and Gambling Corner. Real fast, brother, before we get out, what team are you going with for the MAB Sports Podcast Madden Showdown? Ooh, I think we got to go hometown Lions, you know, Vikes. I mean, we can't go. I mean, you know, uh, Browns, are our, our favorite road team, is yeah. on, off the, on, on, you off know, the we table, can't. Yeah. We, we, we can play on the same side. Uh, you know, I can be Baker Manfield. You could be OBJ nope, or Jerry work Jarvis. Out. Ain't gonna work out. No, no. Yeah, Lions Vikings. Gonna, Lions. Not, not, not happening. Lions you could be Hugh Jackson. I'll be. Nah. <laughs> uh, awesome, brother. Uh, well, guys, take a look for that, and uh, let's jump into the MAB inbox real quick. Beautiful. Um, all right, this week we have Big Three basketball season is underway. Who wins this Final Four? Ooh, all right. Who we got? In the West Side, you have Three Amigos versus Destiny's Child. Please remember they're in full costume. Copy that. On the east side, you've got Martin Scorsese, Joe Pesci, and Robert De Niro versus Ethan Hawke, Uma Thurman, and Maya Hawke. Oh, oh, oh. oh, I didn't. I missed the point where they're in full uh, Three Amigos garb. That might. Oh, yeah. That might make a. That might factor in. When, oh, we uh, we have a we have an MAB email challenge where you could win a free MAB Sports Podcast basketball jersey based on this question right here. We'll get to it real fast. So anyway, okay. uh, so for Big Three, if you don't know how it works, um, most awesome texted me. So it's basically, uh, you know, you get a win by two. It's twos and threes with a four point zone. Uh, yeah. So for this crew right here, I just took that four-point zone and I threw it out of the equation. Not, <laughs> not worried about anybody hitting a four-point shot. Uh, I'll get started kind of just how I broke this down. Then you want to just kind of highlight it and accentuate it a for little sure. bit? Because I sure. did. Absolutely. I set lines for this bracket, like how the final four and then my championship brackets and what the line's going to be. Okay, it's interesting. I, I looked up everyone's height. Ages. I did that. Uh, I did that. I yeah. couldn't, c- couldn't find Uma Thurman's wingspan on there. So I was really trying to guess. <laughs> trying to really so you went, yeah, it. you went to, okay, we'll drop the tail of the tape for us real fast. Gotcha. So uh, three amigos versus Destiny's Childs. Chevy Chase coming in at six four. Steve Martin coming in at six foot. 
Martin Short coming in at five foot seven. Uh, they're all in their sixties, uh, later sixties. Destiny's Child, the lovely Beyonce, yeah. Bayhive, Be- careful, five seven. Surprised, mm-hmm. I thought she was a little taller than that. I thought she had a little more length. Surprised, yeah. Ke- Kelly Rowland, five uh, eight. Michelle Williams, five nine. Okay. Destiny's Child's all in their all in their mid to late thirties. I could break down, brother. Uh, yeah, I did see that I thought about so here's what I broke down you have kind of their size what's going on their age yeah. I took into account what they're wearing off. so the three amigos if you just google the poster if you haven't seen it in a beat uh, <laughs> it is I mean they're wearing like you know it's the full like tight black pants cowboy boots six shooters on the side like just yeah, kind of the yeah. jacket the white shirt cummerbunds going on like neckerchiefs around their necks, and the big thing on top of their heads, sombreros. Guys, yeah. do this for me right now. If you want to join this contest, the MAB Sports Podcast Sombrero Three-Point Contest, send us an Instagram video, tag us. You go outside, you hit a three-pointer wearing a sombrero, we will send you an MAB Sports Podcast basketball jersey. Oh, Let us I see love it. it. <laughs> we I wanna, love it. We want to see you hit this. Uh, yeah, then, brother, I looked up Destiny's Child, what they wear most of the time, tight leather of some sort, not a lot of clothing, probably the closest material per body ratio that you're going to get close to a basketball jersey. I have Destiny's yeah. Child favored by 24 and a half points. 24 and a half points. Brother, we're talking, ca- we're talking cowboy hats. We're talking sombrero. We're talking like, yeah. you can't get around it. Like, it's just going to, and the, the girls are going to move quick. They're going to get around yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know what? The 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 variable of wearing their, their garb <laughs> is the big X factor. This really should be the, like, rolled ankle bracket, right? Because, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, they're going to take it. But, they, they're all, they don't want to roll one either. They're going to take it either. Like, they're just like, what? why are we out here? Like, some banger oh, sent sure. an email, so now we got to play Destiny Child in basketball? This is crazy. I'm saying for everybody, right? It's, yeah. it's all which which is uh, which is gonna be tough. Um, I did I did also look at it. I, I looked at you know Steve Martin being who Steve Martin is. I think he's probably got a bit of a good all around game, and I think him and uh, Martin Short, although they don't have a lot of science, they probably have a lot of chemistry between the two of them. And uh, Chevy Chase is a fucking crazy lunatic, yeah. so I did like Destiny's Child coming out of that. 24 and a half. I might have to take the the road dog on that or the dog on that one just because I think they'll cover. I think their size could impact a little bit. I mean, they're, you know, you put Chevy up against banging bodies with Michelle Williams. It could be, you know, could be a little rough. I don't know. I'm just really trying to picture Martin Short dribble a basketball and it's just hard for me to wrap my brain around. Yeah, that's the thing is is I try to look up their high schools. Not a lot of sports amongst all of them, so that that could be a big X factor there. So, all right, brother, let's. Uh, maybe let's... you're right. Maybe you're right. Twenty four and a half. Ooh, I don't I know. know. So I know. That's, it... why, that's why Brandana and Vegas are winners. <laughs> Took some time. Uh, all right, let's pop over to the West. We have Martin Scorsese, Rob De Niro, Joe Pesci versus Ethan Hawke, Uma Third, and Maya Hawke. Let me tell you what I had him in real fast because yeah. not specific in this email. The costumes so are put Martin Scorsese in a black suit of some sort, Robert De Niro in a black suit of some sort, Joe Pesci in a black suit of some sort. And then on the other side, I have Ethan Hawke. I put him in a white button-up of jeans. Uma Thurman, I threw in her yellow Kill Bill leather suit. My Hawke, yeah. being the daughter of Ethan Hawke and Uma Thurman, I did 50-50. I put her in a white button-up shoot, uh, shirt with uh, yellow leather pants on the bottom just to kind of even it out. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, you haven't seen Stranger Things. Typically, they would have been done the Chips Ahoy outfit that she had with the knee-high and the skirt. But anyways, that's fine. You can go that. Google that, my friend. All right. Okay. Very good. Either way, it still Stranger it still things, flows yeah. the same way. It still flows the same way. I'm not supposed to correct you. I get it. <laughs> no, you Here's can do it. Okay, so what's uh, what do you got for the tail 
of the tape. Tape. Okay, all right. Let's start with uh, the Hawk. Uh, this this might be the long, <laughs> longest inbox we've ever had, and it's yeah. amazing. Ethan, Ethan, Ethan Hawk, <laughs> five nine to five ten. Yeah, a little, a little spurious <laughs> on. So yeah, a little spurious on that. Uma Thurman coming in at five eleven. Maya Hawk listed at five nine. Yeah. Then you got. Then you got. Oh, this is where it gets brutal. And so there, uh, Uma Thurman, a beautiful forty nine years old. Hawk, forty eight. Uh, Maya Hawk, 21. Mm-hmm. So De Niro is 70. All these, uh, all that, the other side, they're all 75, 76 years old. De Niro coming in at 5'10. Pesci and Scorsese, 5'4, bro. Coming in. Ooh. I see this. I mean, Ooh. I don't want you, you could, you could, I don't want to, you've got your line. I don't want to tip your hand. You've already got it written down. I do, buddy. But I see this as like, let's, the, the Thurmans and the Hawks are going to spread them out. And just like Uma Thurman, first off, we know she's got great footwork from Pulp Fiction. We do, yeah. Second, we know she's athletic from Kill Bill. 100%. I think she's just going to go ham, just post up, you know. Feed her. Uh, feed her the rock. Yeah, feed, feed her the rock. rock. And then if they get her out, they move her away. De Niro gets on her. Then it's just going to be like, you tell me Ethan Hawke isn't going to be posting up Jim, Joe Pesci, mouse in the house all day? <laughs> Come on, man. Actually, brother, no, no, I see, I see it exactly how you did. I said, like, you know, it's that – it's a youth though. They're going to be a little bit more spry. Like all these people, uh, these guys, Scorsese, De Niro. I didn't realize all their ages were this close, but they're like, they're 75 yeah. and 76. And then, uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's a family connection. It's the, yep. the Hawks Thurman spreading the ball around. Uh, I have the Hawk Thurman clan favored by 20 points. Really? Yeah. I see. Yeah. I think it's, I take that over. I'm hammering that. And if there's, yeah, I'm, or I'm taking the, 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 the points rather, I should say. You're taking the points. Uh, You're taking, Scors- I'm taking the, points. the Scorsese claim and the, and plus 20. No, 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 I'm taking. You're gonna take no, him to I'm cover. Taking, You're I'm gonna take the, the. Yeah, take, oh, cover. Excuse me. Yeah. Yes, this is why we gotta get Brandana gambling corner even more on this because I uh, blew that. But yeah, so it's. Uh, yeah, I just think like defensively they're gonna be a nightmare for them uh, for the for D- the De Niro side of things. I mean, they're not gonna be able to get the ball off. I, I say they're gonna blow them out. It might be. It might be ugly. It might be yeah, real. Yeah, I think you're pretty good. Like, I mean, it's just kind of like some things start to creep into your mind. Like, you just see, like, Scorsese, like, great energy, but, like, the 5 6 thing is a great point. Like, you kind of think, like, grudge match with De Niro, just kind of with his shirt off, like, just kind of, like, heaving and breathing. Like, it's, it ain't going to be a pretty game. So, let's say we yeah. go ahead and we're, we're going to advance the Hawk the two. Uh, Thurman clan, and we're yeah. going to have them versing our Destiny's Child. Who do you right. like in this? Right. So. Here's the thing. Like, I, I looked at this, too, because that's how I had it coming down. Uh, I, I did wonder a little bit of, like, the whole Destiny's Child, like, reunion. You know, maybe if Kelly Rowland starts to outshine, you know, maybe she's got a little bit more game. <laughs> then maybe they, maybe Beyonce is not going to like that. The Bayhive is going to go over. <laughs> I think there's going to be a little self-destruction on the Destiny's Child. Okay. Uh, so I like the Hawk Thurman. I think I think, I think Maya Hawk's going to be a bit of a role player, energy player. But I think like the the pick and roll game between Uma Thurman and Ethan Hawke is going to be nice. I think Uma Thurman's just going to dominate. MVP, give it to her. I like it, brother. I like it. I'm not saying it's wrong. There's one thing I have to see, and I have to see. I try to dig in real quick. I have to, and uh, you know, Bayhive Beyonce has a little bit of an athletic background. Obviously, Uma Thurman does. So we're looking at just legit size. I do have Destiny's Child favored by eight and a half points in our championship Ooh, matchup. Ooh, I'm I taking think, the dog. I like, I, think, I like it. I think there's just going to be too much speed. Like Destiny's Child, like like they're dancers, like all and they dance together. Like there's just kind of there's already a choreographed thing going there. Like they're used to like sure. just weaving around. Like I just that's that's what. Yeah, I'm they, yeah, you're right. They got they got quickness, but uh, but my girl. 
Uma. She's gonna she's gonna close the lane on him. She's gonna she's gonna hedge out on those pick and rolls. She's gonna defensive <laughs> stop her. Maya's gonna get on the ground, getting after it. I love it. Uh, I did Google a picture. I found. I just typed in Ethan Hawke basketball. There yeah. is a picture of him dribbling a basketball, so I think he's sure. fairly competent in that realm. Well, I mean, you so, have so it's a picture, not a video. So you have a picture of Ethan Hawke's hand out at a basketball. His hand motion slapping the top of that basketball. It's uh, we sure. don't know what it looks. He's playing like pickup sure. hoops, bro. He's playing pickup hoops. So. Don't know what it. G- looks give me, give like me one of Michelle Williams and Kelly Rowland doing sure. that. We'll see. We're going. Okay. We don't know what it looks. Like. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, please hit up we our inbox. It may be sports podcast at gmail dot com. You got fantasy football questions? You have? You want us to rank teams playing each other in basketball? Again? We'll talk all of it. Just shoot it over, and we'd love to dive into it, guys. Right now, um, we have Coach Harris on the line from the Netflix series Last Chance You, season four airing right now. Independence Community College out there in Kansas. Uh, he's the new head coach this year. Let's get him off the horn. Let's go there. On the line, we have Independence Community College head coach, Coach Harris. I think uh, you guys will recognize him from Last Chance You now streaming on Netflix. How's it going, Coach? I'm doing pretty good. Just got home a little while ago to eat dinner. Shoot, we got a team meeting at 9 p.m., so got to get ready to head back real fast. But everything's going good. Oh, great. Uh, thanks for squeezing us in. So you guys uh, you guys are getting fired up for the season, doing uh, just kind of getting the initial practices started. Where are you guys at in the process? Right now, our, you know, our kids are just winding up uh, finishing summer school. Last day of summer school is actually tomorrow. So, you know, we just finished up with a good solid month of conditioning and uh, weights. And, uh, of course, our kids going to school. So we're finishing that, completing that on uh, tomorrow. And then on Friday, we start, you know, August 2nd is our first official day of camp. There you go. So what's, is exciting. that kind of – is that when it's uh, – I imagine there's some sort of parameters on that. That's when you guys are allowed to kind of get started and everyone in the same league kind of kicks off then? Yeah, actually, in our, you know, in our conference, and uh, we can actually start August 1st, which is tomorrow. But, you know, it's our kids' last day of summer school, so I kind of pushed it back until uh, Friday. That's perfect. you got to have that to hang over their heads the entire time also. You're just like, hey, don't you remember when I gave you that first day off? That was- <laughs> yeah. Sometimes sometimes you got to keep them busy. Keep them out of trouble a little bit. Keep That's them right. busy. So what's kind of the uh, going into that, your preseason kind of schedule? Because I know you're taking over the reins, and this is the first season as the head coach here for you. Uh, is it What's kind of new things implementing or things that you like to put in place as you kind of take over the squad just to get ready for the season? I think, you know, everybody, you know, when a new coach comes in, I think kind of everybody tries to put their stamp on it a little bit. You know, uh, you know, Coach Brown has things going pretty good over here as far as with the recruiting and just kind of different process. And his foundation, his culture, he was trying to lay down. We just kind of switched up a little bit, and you know, and we too, you know, wanted to kind of go out and try to get some of the best players in the country. So we brought a few extra guys in and to kind of help us out in certain spots, you know, uh, we kind of switched up the workout routine a little bit. I let, you know, my uh, strength coach do his thing and 
kind of, you know, he went in there. And I, I think, we, you know, we just do a few little key things, little extra things that kind of helped us out as far as, you know, just monitor the kids' weight, did a little extra uh, meal check in the cafeteria to kind of keep the weight on and, you know, just holding kids accountable. That's, you know, that's what every coach tries to do. And so, you know, we hold them accountable to high standards and, you know, and plus hiring a few coaches, uh, you know, other coaches helped out too at the same time. So I was able to bring in a few other coaches to kind of relieve me of my duties as far as coaching on the field and maybe just more doing the CEO and things. So, you know, it's so far so good. Great, Coach. I can kind of see it from two ways, right, when you're taking over kind of the position of a head coach and it's your first year going in. If if no one knows you and you're kind of an outside hire, then you kind of have that just kind of that mystique, that kind of air of just like, oh, how's it going to be? How's this an advantage for you besides knowing the players that you already have a relationship with all of them? So is, is that transition kind of hard, letting them know it's just like kind of like, hey, like I'm in charge now, or is that a little bit more of a transition and you feel like since they do know you, it's kind of easier to take that step with them? I kind of think that, you know, <clears throat> we lost a lot of players because, you know, kids graduating in scholarship, and so we got a kind of fairly new team. And even when Coach Brown was here, you know, we brought some kids in in January, and so I was able to be a part of that and the kids that we have returning from last year. And, you know, it, me being a head coach and me being an assistant, you know, nothing changes as far as just my my demeanor, my philosophy, and just, you know, how I interact with the kids. It's just now i got a little bit more job title, a little bit more duties to, <laughs> to fulfill. But I think, you know, it also, uh, you know, kind of gave me an opportunity to kind of put my own discipline stamp down on, to put my own recruiting stamp down on, and put my – bringing, like I said, bringing a couple of new coaches that were, you know, kind of had my adopted, my philosophy. So in, in ways it was a good. But I think if you look back at it, the team, it was so new and fresh. And when everything went down, with you know, with Coach Brown, J.B., it was kind of like, you know, we had – we only have maybe – you know, a half a dozen kids that actually played for us last year anyway that, you know, on the field that was returning and, you know, some that were redshirting. So, you know, it was kind of a pretty good situation as far as any head coach to kind of walk into. Great. Um, speaking of that, kind of you taking over the reign and you happen to do it in kind of a big public forum that we do kind of get a follow on kind of Netflix, Last Chance U. And talking philosophies, what's kind of – what can we see in kind of the shift – and philosophies versus you versus Coach Brown. I, I know he's a friend, and it's like you guys got along, kind of oh, talk yeah. the same way. But what, what's probably the biggest? If you had to say something, just your style that we might see kind of a new twist on the way you do things that might kind of venture from last year's team. I, I you know, I, I kind of think you know the biggest thing is I kind of touched on it before is that when uh, JB was you know head coach, Coach Brown, he was also the offensive coordinator, and he also helped to coach out the quarterbacks. You know. So I think by you know, just the biggest difference is me removing myself from that and just kind of, you know, uh, kind of coaching the coaches up so they can coach the players up and so on, kind of overseeing that, just kind of acting as the actual head coach. And, you know, as far as everybody adopts their own type of philosophy when it comes to, you know, we want to outwork everybody, you know, as the coaching staff, we want to, you know, outwork everybody as the players. I think the, <clears throat> the kind of the biggest thing with me is just consistency and accountability and it's just like a lot of that's not saying Coach Brown didn't have those. It's saying that's what I believe in right now. For sure. Yeah. Very good. So, so Coach, we uh, we hear a lot about it in, in talking about, you know, strategy versus culture, right? You know, having uh -huh. a, a scheme and a strategy versus the culture. Coming from, from you, what do you think is the most integral part to uh, a season, a successful team? Is it is it the culture that you create or is it the strategy that you implement? I, you know, a lot of – 
You know, that's a good question. I like that right there. But I think it's more, I'm more of a culture guy. I think, you know, yeah. you just look at college football, there's, there's tons of amount of talent out there. And <clears throat> there's, you know, there's a lot of teams that win and there's half the teams that lose. And so I think the biggest thing is as, as a head coach, you want to try to get in and you want to try to develop a culture and you want to try to build something that basically is going to carry on over until Saturday or if you're in high school until Friday. But I think, you know, by building that culture Sunday through Friday, Saturday is going to take care of itself. So I think that's something that we're trying to change right now, just with the changing of the guards. It's just basically trying to change that culture of the, and just the mindset of the kids. And so whether it be in the classroom, whether it be in the community, whether it be on the football field, or whether it be in the weight room, you know, we're just trying. I want them to try to adopt my my, my mindset, my mentality, and you know, and you know, just hold each other accountable. So that's what we're trying to do. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. And uh, we, we've, we've talked and you mentioned before, like recruiting is such a, a huge part of what you guys do, especially at the at the JUCO level. So, so yeah. talk us through maybe some of the differences that, you know, the, the average or the casual fan might not realize is a different in the recruiting ranks you know, or the recruitment of a player um, once they are, you know, kind of in and around the D1 program, maybe a bounce back. Or, you know, what are the differences in terms of, you know, just overall recruiting, say, from a D1 pro- uh, program to yours? You know, the, the you know the huge difference probably between a D1 and a JUCO program is probably the money. You know, sure. just you know, you look at a Division One program, <clears throat> they have a whole, <clears throat> excuse me, they have a whole office to just recruiting assistants, recruiting interns, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and it's you know people that work in just that particular area just as trying to. Their job is to seek and to find and to bring, you know, to bring the player in. And mm-hmm. as far as JUCO, we don't have that, that amount, that dollar amount or that, that staff number. So what we have to do, and they always say if you can recruit at junior college, you can kind of recruit anywhere. So being sure. in the Kansas Jayhawks, you know, we have an unlimited amount of scholarships and as far as where we can go anywhere in the country and, and recruit players. So that kind of opens it and, broad, and widens the recruiting boundaries so you're covering more area. So now you're covering more area, you're covering with less people and kind of less resources. And then, sure. you know, the different types of recruits that you get. So, you know, you get your Division One bounce backs or your four-year bounce backs. You have your kids that's just straight non-qualifiers out of high school. You have your kids that kind of been underlooked, you know, in high school. And then you also have, your, you know, your kids that just been sitting out a year or, you know, haven't played in one or two years mm-hmm. that want to come back and play. So there's a wide variety of different type of kids that we get at the junior college level to Division One level. Where Division One, or oh, you're just looking at a kid that's basically coming straight out of high school or straight out of junior college. You know, what I'm saying you know you got to look at one thing, and you know that's the academics first, and then of course you look at their film, you know, and then it kind of go from there. Where us, you know, it's a little bit different. You know, we got to recruit for a longer period of time. And, you know, we're fighting a lot of different people because the same type of athletes that we need, the Division One need. And then, sure. you know, if, we're, if you're recruiting a Division One bounce back and a kid's leaving, I don't know, you say, you know, LSU and, and, you know, everybody in the country that's at a junior college also knows that kid's leaving LSU. So right. you're actually trying to out-recruit every other junior college. But not only are you trying to out-recruit every other junior college, you're trying to out-recruit every other FCS school or made, uh, or another major Division One, depending on yeah. if the kid wants to sit out or not. So there's a lot of little entities to it that a lot of people don't realize. And, of course, you know, the money, the budget, the recruiting budget says a lot. If you have a good sure. recruiting budget, you're able to make things happen. If you know, if you don't have the biggest recruiting budget, then 
You're going to have to just, you know, create waves, turn over rocks, like Coach Brown used to say, <laughs> and, uh, you know, just go for it. So Sure. So what's your what's, – uh, What's your recruiting pitch then? What, how do you get kids to, to want to come to Independence and be a Pirate? I think, you know, and it's kind of started, you know, when Coach Brown, I, you know, we do a pretty dang good job, a really good job getting kids off to college in the next level. And yeah. I think that's what junior college is all about, to give the kids opportunity to play at the next level, whether it be, you know, Division One, FBS, FCS, D2, or NAI, you know, it doesn't matter. So I think that's what we kind of sell ourselves. We're a small college. We're a small school. You know, our kids graduate. Um, in, you know, three full-time semesters, you know, most of them. And so, you know, the graduation rate is highest in, in, in all the Kansas junior colleges. So we kind of preach and touch bases on all those things. You know, if a kid's going to junior college, he's going to junior college for a reason. You know, that he's not there for four years, he's there for, you know, a year or he's there for two, and, he you know, it's a short stop. His goal is to get an associate's degree and probably go on to play Division One football. So we can kind of help him with that. And so in the last few years, we, we've been signing, you know, I think we signed 48 last year, you know, whether it be D2 or Division One. So, you know, we hang our hat that, hey, we're going to get you done in the classroom. Yeah, absolutely. And and Brandy yeah. and I, we we both have a little bit of uh, 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 time left on our clock, right? We, we If you're if you're looking for two slow, unathletic yeah. guys, we, we've, got, uh, we've got your back. That's up there. I, got, um, I got four years of eligibility. You won't even have to come pitch me. I'll just I'll get it on a plane. I'm heading there. Hey, <laughs> yeah. hey, we find something for you to do if you can't play on the field, baby. You know, <laughs> hey, it's it's collecting the know, jerseys out of the locker room. Yeah, I'll be all That's it. Hey, there's a job for everybody. Shoot, those, you know, that's probably one of the most important jobs on my staff right there. <laughs> Uh, Coach, I, I'd like to look at, like, you know, the series is called Last Chance You, and it's no secret, like, some of these, uh, I think you call them, like, bounce backs. You know, they want to get back to that Division One, you know, just kind of spotlight to make a real chance of getting drafted in the NFL and kind of having a career there. And I know that's your goal for them as human beings to do that. How do you balance that and their goals to kind of get in that spotlight with your goals of, you know, having this job and then winning a championship and building, like, a sustainable team that can go back year after year? I think, you know, I think you got to basically, when you're recruiting a kid, you know, especially Division One bounce back, you got to kind of look at it. You can't just look. There's a lot of people that just look at the talent, okay? He's leaving, you know, University of Florida. And, you know, you got to look at why he's leaving University of Florida. Then you also got to look at basically did he actually play on the field, you know, and then why did he play on the field and so on like that. And, you know, so there's a lot of different questions that kind of be answered, you know, a lot of times we just kind of look at kind of where he's at and kind of not like the behind the scenes and, you know, just doing a little more in-depth recruiting as far as why is he leaving, you know. And sometimes it takes, you know, a year or two for people to kind of realize that, you know, you don't want to take every division one to bounce back. You know, that's not mm-hmm. saying that, you know, we haven't taken some good ones and that's not saying we haven't been burned on some, but I said, you know, you just got to kind of be careful, you know, and a lot of them want to get kind of get back, but they got to kind of buy into your culture. They got to fit into the team. And, you know, we have a saying is one person is not bigger than a team. So if that one person is not going to fit, you know, he might not, just, it might not be the spot for him. Independence might not be the place for him. So, you know, but most of the kids, you know, they come in and strictly business with Division One bounce back. They come in, they want to take care of business in the classroom. They've been at the higher level where it comes to academics. You know, it's a short stop for them. Their job is to kind of get re-recruited. And also, you know, they want to clean up their image. So doing that, they usually tend to buy in. You get a few of them that don't, but, you know, and then, you know, you got to explain to them, hey, you might want to move on and go on about your way. So, but you kind of give them a decision, you know, from there. But most of them are, are willing to come in and, and sacrifice for about five or six months and take part in what you're doing and kind of move on from there. 
That's that's good, and and we've we've we see that in the show a lot though, where we we see some of these kids, like for example, like a Bobby Bruce, mm-hmm. uh, or or even like Jay Jones, and I've only seen the first couple episodes of season four, but it yeah. seems like the, there's an underlying theme of some of these kids that were you know all stars at their high school level, and either like in Jay Jones's example, then go on to the D1 and then come back for for you know whatever reason it may be. But it really seems like there's a there's the uh, the emotional component or the maybe the the, the coping mechanism to to them where they don't have the the skill set or they're not used to being not just the man or the elite guy at their division and then everyone at that division is is really good and it was, was used to be the man at their high school and their program. How do you guys balance? Because we, we watch like the trainer uh, Martin. Um, balance kind of the emotional component of it as a head coach how do you balance that and how do you coach those guys up not just on x's and o's but help them kind of make them understand what they have to do to be successful yeah man that's you hit it right on the nose right there it's kind of more than on the field stuff and that x's and o's stuff is more the mental game and actually we i was just having a talk with you know a few players about this today that you know we probably possibly told them that you know you might red shirt and, you know, when a kid at a high school and he's playing at a high level and he's playing a lot and he's been starting since he was a sophomore or a junior and then he comes into any kind of college and, you know, and he and he's going to be told that you're probably going to sit for a year or basically realistically you're not good enough to play the first year or someone like that, it, it, they, take, they take it kind of tough. I think, yeah. you know, my job as a head coach is to kind of like not – only to make them feel wanted, you know what I'm saying, as, you know, they kind of see that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. So what I was doing today is basically say, look, man, you're still a part of this. You're still a pirate. You're still part of this team. You just need a year to develop. I said, you know, I'm comparing and contrasting to Division One schools where I said, if you were at, you know, University of Toledo, you know what I'm saying, there's a good chance you'd probably be redshirting. I said, there's no difference. It's the same type of athlete. We have the same type of dudes. So, you know, I said, don't take it as like a put down. Don't take it as a demotion. Just take it as I'm not willing to burn your year. I'm looking out for you. You'll leave, you'll leave here for three for three. And it's the same thing with the Division One kids. Sometimes you see it, you get a Division One bounce back that's been at a high level, so they automatically think they come back to junior college, they're going to be that guy, they're going to be that, you know, they're the one. And then they yeah. get here and they say, man, there's just as good as guys here at, you know, there are there are at Division One level. So, you know, and it's kind of tough. And they have a hard time coping with that just because they say, oh, man, I didn't make it at the Division One level, now I come back to junior college and I'm not making it here, you know. So you've got to deal with all those issues and so on. And I think the biggest thing is when it comes to all that is the trust. You know, and you just like try to let the kids know that, hey man, you're here for one reason. And a lot of these Division One uh, kids, I'm gonna be honest, truth, they already have the name. You know, the big time guys, they already yeah. have the name behind them from high school, from the Division Ones. All they gotta do is come here, you know, saying uh, walk a straight line, graduate, get the degree, and they're probably gonna go back to another Division One just off their name in the past. So, you know, we try to we try to mention all this to them, and once they start trusting you and someone like that. It's really you know you don't have to do it. you don't have any issues. Great, Coach. I think you said earlier, uh, and just a few more questions. Really appreciate your time. Know you have to get to a team meeting. Uh, I, I just want to circle back. You talked about you know with these bounce backs, it's it's not all about just going and grabbing talent and throwing a bunch of talent on the field and like crossing your fingers and just hoping it works out. You mentioned that you know you you kind of you look for something else. What's that little hidden quality that you look for that you're just like you know because you got to find that line. You know it's just like. 
Yeah. This person, okay. yeah, this player might need a little guidance, could use like a little coaching, you know, a, a little bit further, maybe away from like, you know, the locker room mesh that I want, but I think I can, you know, coach this and inspire this guy to kind of blend, help him step forward in his career and not go too far where you're bringing in somebody that is just going to be about them and then totally uh, wreck the locker room chemistry that you've been building. Yeah, no, nah, that's, that's that's good too. It's, it's it, you know, it's not, it, you know, we all want talented kids and there's a lot of talented kids out there and you're going to have to develop some kids. But I think it's, it's a little bit deeper than that. I think when I look at it, you know, because we get, you know, the very talented kids, and then we get the kids that, you know, can be developed to be very good. And, you know, so when I look at it, I kind of look at the it factor. It's like how fast do they get it? You know, realistically, every kid's not going to come in and walk a straight line. Every kid's not going to be, you know, get it right off the bat. You know, they're coming from a variety of different high school programs or different college programs, and some kids are not held accountable. Some kids are held accountable. Some kids come from two-parent homes. Some kids come from one-parent homes. Some kids from non-parent homes. So, realistically, you know, it's our job as a coach, you know, especially at this level, is to see and try to help them and lead them and teach them, and, and, you know, and then I look at it and I observe, like, how fast do they get it? You know, some kids, it takes them a semester. Some kids, it takes them a week. Some take, you know, it's the trial basis. You know, a lot of the kids, they're going to, you know, they're going to come in and they're going to mess up. They're going to fail at something. But how fast do they fix that failing, that attempt, you know? And uh, Mm -hmm. so when we look at that, you know, like right now we have kids that are playing for us that last year they were so immature and they just didn't have it. You know what I'm saying? They didn't have it mentally. They weren't mature enough to kind of get it. And it took them a semester to get it, and now they have it. And that's, you know, so now it's like a whole totally different kid, you know, just from a one semester being in college and just the maturity level. And, you know, so that's what I kind of look at. So you feel good about the season? Yeah, we got some talent. You know, we've always had talent here at Independence. You know, we've got to put it together, and we we had a good recruiting class, one of probably the best since we've been here. And so, you know, we got some length and some speed. So, you know, we look forward. There's, you know, there's a couple of head new head coaches in the conference. So, you know, August 24th we play. You know, it's our first game. So, you all know, game one it can go either way. So, we're just trying to, you know, put that discipline down and hold our kids accountable and teach them how to play hard. There you go. Yeah, know. best recruiting class in Japan. That's that's pretty high grade. You guys have yeah. got some good ones, so we're excited. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. Really we'll, we'll, we'll keep an eye on you. Uh, you guys can co- uh, catch Coach Harris on Last Chance U, Season 4 streaming now on Netflix. What you can't catch is his first season as head coach of Independence Community College. We wish you luck, Coach. We know you got to get to that meeting. Thanks so much for the time. Appreciate it, brother. Appreciate it, man. Go Pirates. Thank you. Go Pirates. Go Pirates. All right, appreciate Coach Harris's time, and good luck to the Independence Community College Pirates this year heading into the season. Uh, guys, it's high noon, most awesome. Ready for the showdown, brah? I'm ready, brah. Bring us that jam. So let's leave it alone, because we can't see eye to eye. There ain't no good guy. All right, brother, Neapolitan Showdown, what started out as ranking some ice cream flavors has turned into all the rage of the summer. Uh, all right, brother, this week we are talking worst things about technology. I'm not sure I did this right, and I did. I texted you while I was at the – just relax. Don't give me that face. Yeah. I texted you while I was in Florida <laughs> at the Rolling Stone concert I went to, 
And this came yeah. up because a specific thing happens to me when I travel that makes my head fucking explode. So I don't, I, this is technically technology, but it's, I'm, okay. I'm passionate about it. And that's what the people show up for. They want yeah, to hear the yeah, passion. Oh, yeah. I'm just like, oh yeah, that's what makes the Neapolitan show on the Neapolitan. It does, show. but I mean, passion. You could, <laughs> you could be talking about like, yeah, I don't like how TI-83s don't save my function keys, and it's like I'm I'm somewhere totally there else. But we'll see how this is scored. And luckily, Correct. I do the scoring, so we'll be just fine. Uh, worst things about technology. What do you got your three spot, bruh? Good. Yeah, I kind of I try to keep it like uh, a little bit of everything in technology. So sure. I'm gonna go with uh my number three it, it's all happened to us you there's many different services that we have available to us now but i'm talking about the times where you use technology you do it one way it works perfectly then you go back you do it the same exact way and it doesn't fucking work what is that what is that i have we have google home in our house we ask google to play a song it plays it just great then we come back you know a day later ask him to play that very same song Ed has no clue what I'm talking about. What is this with technology? Why can't we get this figured out? Yeah, that's so weird, right? Because it almost goes back to like, you know, universal remote control days, which popped on the scene when we were like oh, 10 or 11 yeah. years old and showed up. And it was just like, this is going to solve everything. And it just complicated everything. It's just like, yep. I don't know how this fucking works. This doesn't turn this thing on. Like, are the batteries low? Like, what I have to type in what TV I have on here? Like, this doesn't make any fucking sense. Right, yeah, yeah. What's source for? I don't understand this. So you would have, you remember, like, you would have the universal remote, and everyone had it. They'd have the universal remote, but then they would still have all the remotes that ran the shit, so you'd fuck around with the universal remote for, like, a couple fucking right. minutes. You'd fucking throw that to the side and then actually just grab the actual remote controls for each individual device. Yes, Which, exactly. Yes, and then the other thing is, too, is then you have somebody's family member comes over who starts playing with the universal remote. Like, you you have it. You've got it yeah. dialed in. Oh, but yeah. then they start touching it, and it's like, what did you do? Exactly. I just, hit, I just hit TV power. It's like, you couldn't have fucking hit TV power. You have the fucking radios going off. My fucking alarm clock went off. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, and you can't walk it back, right? There's just some button of combination, and you just can't get the genie back in the bottle. You're just yeah. like, I don't know what track you went down. Now, well, thank. I have to unplug everything and reset. Could you leave, please? Right. Could you leave? Right. Like, we just have to. Um, all right, brother, that makes sense. I'm going to say it takes you about 18 minutes to figure out how to rewire that and get your Google song to play. So you got 18 yep. points. Mine is kind of up your alley. Uh, maybe a little bit. Maybe not really. The cloud. Yes. I, I fucking. Quit asking me for all my shit, Cloud. I don't want to put my things in your thing up there. And, like, I'll just take care of my own stuff. If I want to yeah. back up my pictures, I'll back up my pictures personally. I back, like, I'm tired of everything that happens. Like, it's trying to link up my shit so it's just shared with the world. Like, right. get off. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey, iPhone, uh, take a fucking break, bro. Chill I out. I get it. I haven't, I haven't updated my cloud in the last oh two weeks God. for the last 18 weeks in a row, and I keep getting that little alert on my thing thing. I'm like, oh, I got an update. No, it's just me going, not now. No, I don't want to pay for extra storage on the cloud. I'm already paying you already. Yeah. I don't want any more of this. Spoiler yes. alert, uh, cloud like uh, upgrades, because I want to pull this in too. I don't think it was my next one. It's not good, because <laughs> I want to like step on my number two. Uh, the, the automatic upgrade is just like, oh, we got an update. Like, I know you have an update every three days, and I don't turn yes. on my automatic updates because all you want is you want access to all my shit. Yeah. Get the fuck off. So it's been 417 days since the last time I've updated anything on the cloud. That's 417 points for Brandana. 417 to 18. Ooh. On that last one, Potty, you couldn't see it, but Brandana put his tinfoil hat on right there. It's like, <laughs> I, don't want, I don't want access to my shit. Yeah, get away. I'm going to get in my, my, my face like pictures. third time I did the fucking nerd voice on this podcast. All right, brother, what do you got in the two slot? Number two. I'm just going to straight out of the gate. I know we all love it. Uh, I have a love-hate relationship with texting. 
texting fucking sucks. Oh, you're over it. I hate it. it. Oh. Yeah, I'm not over it. We text, I need bro. it. It's, a, it's an essential thing of it. But it's it pisses me off because people don't know how to communicate now. Now everyone's like constantly in their phone because they're so fucking important. They're going to get a text here. Or heaven forbid that yeah. somebody has some pithy comment they're, they're going to be saying. And Lord knows I'm guilty of it too. I'm in, I'm in, the, I'm in the hamster in the wheel just trying to circulate all those texts and make sure that I'm staying up to date. But I don't like it. I think it's a bad thing. I think we, I think actually, and I've thought about this, you know, thank God we're on a podcast because we, we get our, an opportunity to talk. But I do think like, I, I think people that text so much, like it ruins their ability to like, co- like coherently string together a thought, right? Like, and, like, and, a, or, like, an, with, like an argument, like a healthy debate, or even just like hold or, a conversation. Or just even like a sentence, even just a sentence without like having to edit or clarify or well, this is what my intention was and this is what I meant. Yeah. I just think it's, I think people are, are, are falling down the rabbit hole of communication. I know we need it. It's great. It's, it's great access. It's easy communication, but I don't like it. I, I, I don't like the idea of this as a, as a technology win for us, for, 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 for mankind. Yeah. I see a little bit. I don't want really to get too personal, but it's definitely like, if it wasn't for texting, I'd have to like call my mom more often. And I don't, cause it's like texting kind of gives you, you know, it gives you a little bit of a pass or like you, sure. you get to kick the can down the road with some people. But on that, the inverse, there's a lot of, you know, some of our fantasy football guys, I know fantasy football does it, but there's friends in our orbit that, you know, the idea of, I don't, I'm not even saying it's a guy thing, but sometimes just people don't like talking on the phone. So a 20 minute phone call, like some of these guys, like for me to call them, like probably wouldn't happen, but there can be guys kind of in the orbit that are friends of mine that I can just like ping real quick and be like, yeah. Hey, like totally, totally with you. That's why I have a love hate relationship between us. Yeah. yeah. What, so that's what not what you're I talking don't... about. I get it. I get it. Yeah. yeah but you're the, right, you're the, right. the, the point of the matter is, is just how people are just stuck in their phone constantly checking on text messages and then also to the inability to when you get them face to face or on the phone or just talking to anybody in in you know in in your everyday life like they just are they struggle with as i'm struggling to get this point out yeah it's probably texting the texting much. fault texting much. Yeah, yeah exactly i'll text you, it about you i'll text you it you. so let me get this so do you think it's is it two different things or are you combining those is it like the constant search for the bigger better thing like I need to see like an Instagram, like I need to see I'm with Paul right now. Like I need to see if whatever, like T boss is texting me. Like I just like, and if I was with T boss, I'd be like, Oh, is Paul texting me? Like, what's he up to? Or is it also like, just literally like creates like worse spellers. Like you're using emojis and shit. Like you're just yeah. like, kind yeah, of, no, like, I think it's more of there. that. I think it's, I think it's more of that. The worst spellers. Yeah. The, the, the first part that you mentioned is a is a bigger thing. Yes, sure. I think that that's that's at play too. But just in the confines of keeping texting to texting, the emojis is, is a great point. Like I try not to use them, I, and it's it's insane to me when people text in all emojis. That's it's that's insane. fucking bizarre. Like we're going the other direction. We're going to Egyptian hieroglyphics. Like they're gonna pull up our phones in thirty years and look at it like from this perspective. Okay, I'm not gonna. Write, this is gonna be a long podcast, guys. Uh, we're up we're against it, like yeah, we yeah. always are. I don't give a shit. Like you're just gonna go with it because I got shit to say about this. So here's my thing with emojis. Like it used to be, <laughs> it used like six years ago. Is like new phones coming out. Like you can surf the web faster like uh it's like dialed in with all like your bank account number you can save it like it's encrypted it's fine and now it's just like buy the iphone 10 like now you can make a shark talk like your face like it's just yeah. like even more emojis yeah. it's just like the selling point is we get more little cartoon graphics 
is why like I'm right. jumping for a new phone. I don't use the most. You can you can open you can open the phone with your eyes. It's like what 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 uh, what was wrong with my thumb? I can't. What was wrong with my thumb? What it's, was wrong? Just put in the keyboard and the number. I can't believe everybody got on board for emojis. It was weird. Like I, I don't remember there being yeah. a conversation. Like everybody's just like, we're grown people and we're just going to use cartoon pictures to communicate. Well, no. Well, we didn't get on board with emojis. A, a younger generation got on board with emojis, and we got swept into the, you know, into the I, thing. What's you and the, I did. What's with the st- most well, awesome yeah, right. and emoji? What's with the stickers too in these text things? Like, I, don't I don't know. Get, I don't how know do, how do you make stickers. this? I have no idea how to do this, I but I see stickers. them popping up. We have friends of ours that put a sticker on there. Not calling them out. Not saying you're wrong. Oh, say their names. Say their names. Uh, no. Chip, you know <laughs> what I'm talking about, you Chip. Uh, all right, bro. Uh, well, at least we moved on from T9, and that's your score. I give you a T9 for that. So T9 plus 18 is T27. There you go. I, I like it. Uh, all right, my number two brother is automated voice operators. If Ooh, I okay. if I have to scream the word operator into my phone one more time, I don't. Yeah. It used to be you dialed a customer service number, and I'm like, I, God, we're sounding like we're 70 years old, but I mean it. Like, used to call yeah. in the good old days. <laughs> You'd call somebody, answer sure. the phone, they talk to you. But now, like, the number of hoops just to get through that, and it's also like it's it's just uncomfortable because I think you used to be able to have like a phone conversation with customer service, and now like now people know you're on the phone for something, and not like it's like a like this big like just kind of invasion of privacy but like they look over and you're just like op- like account balance a- account balance yeah. o- operate payment d- payment due like it's just like i don't i like you can't even do the hacks anymore to get there and it's 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 not efficient there's nothing that the actual infrastructure that they set up to answer automated questions that shit's all available online. So, like, that's not, yeah. that's obviously not what I'm calling about. So, yeah. it's obviously a more complicated question. So, the number of hoops I have to jump through to actually get an operator to answer it, like, is, it's just super fucking annoying. Yeah. Do you think that they did, like, the voice stuff, you know, where you have to say, like, you know, say your, your, your prompt that you want, right? Yeah. And that's the thing is, like, listening to someone that doesn't know how to even, like, speak that language, right? Cause you know, You've got to kind of say it the perfect way. You like you said, like account balance. Like some people are like, I need to pay my bill. It's yeah. like, no, no, that's yeah. never going to get that right. So, do you think that they did that because people with the numeric keypad was like press one for this, two for that, immediately just sat there and just started hammering zero, right? And and that's and immediately and yeah. then and then and then the reason why they put up those prompts is because they the, these larger companies who get huge call volumes don't have enough people to actually answer the call so they basically put this you know filter up to kind of slow you down but then by just hammering that zero then it slows you down well it's like great well now let's take this away from you now you have to say it and we'll just kind of bank on that just being the survival of you know or the 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 people that can stick in long enough will then make it through and the other ones will get frustrated and hang up i mean i think so that might be a little crazy to think about but i think that's i I think you're right and i think there's a little bit like monopoly is not the right word but i think there was a little like strength in numbers where like kind of you know all the big companies got on board and it's just like okay fuck it we can all do this now yeah because you know it's like because the only thing you'd be worried about is is this so annoying that my customer is going to go to another service provider sure and like so if all the service go ahead buddy no, no, yeah, sorry, I was cutting you off. I'm sorry. That's sorry. Uh, 
so I, I, I work for a company where we, we talk about that as one of our features as our, as a value add where there is no live person. There is no, there's always, there's no automated system. There's always a live body to answer your phone call 24 seven. And when we tell that with our, with our clients and our customers, like the eyes, the eye popping that we get from that, it's like insane. It's tender. Like, Oh my God. And everyone has that horror story. Well, at least we know they're not in Thailand or wherever, wherever the fuck they are trying to go. I was actually on with Amazon I called Amazon for the kids when we went to travel for their Amazon Kindles, their fires. Yeah. The kid, the kid play. I was talking to this guy, really great guy, really nice, but he was in South Africa helping me. Yeah. And he was able then to, this is a technology, this is turning into a technology pro, but he was able actually to get in and screen share with my kids prompts just by like me giving his name. So Amazon, I'll give you, you're the, you're the, you're the outlier in that factor. Good. But it was just crazy to me that, uh, that um, you know, you could be talking all across the world with these people. Yeah, so next week we'll run it back. Next week we'll do the pros of technologies just to show we're not like old curmudgeons, just like oh the balls in my yard. <laughs> but I, so is that uh, whatever? That's that's a whole other bag of worms. I was going to ask your actual take of just screen share and like screens actually being accessed from other like fucking parts of the world yeah yeah it's crazy i mean it was my kids you know uh kindle tablets so i'm not worried about maya the bee getting hacked too much you know (laughs) uh all right brother um so you had a score you got the t9 for t27 uh i scored 10 consecutive zeros for how hard i pound that fucking zero whenever you get on the phone yeah that still keeps me at 417 last one what do you got mine's strong mine's you're strong i think mine's strong too um, the one thing I don't like about the number one thing is is twenty four seven access to people. You got we talked about text, email, social media. Yeah. You can reach anyone, anytime, anywhere, and it's all encompassing. Remember back in the day, it's like, well, I'm in the car. There's no way of getting a hold of me. Yeah. We will just have to wait the hour or two hours until he shows up. Yeah. I'm I'm on I'm on an airplane. Uh, I'm on an airplane. Right. It's it's Saturday. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's fucking leave me alone. I think okay so um. It might be different from for you, like me kind of having like my production company. One of my strengths that I rely on is the fact that I am available all the time. Do you kind of are you for rigid? Sure. Are you, are you just like don't fucking call me at home after eight p.m. or something like that? No, or, do, or does that I, still I, exist? I in my, the business no, 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 it doesn't exist anymore. I'm just saying yeah. it's not. I answer my email all the time. I answer my email with my kids. I answer you know like for work and stuff. Like you know, I, I answer emails all the time saturdays early morning late at night it yeah. doesn't matter i get texts my point is is like no i, I hear your point. Yeah, like I'm... you need to even you with your production company you need we need some moments to just check out and just be like connected with what's around us versus always having like access like and i truly think like there is no there is no multitasking there is you get fractured into these million different little pieces and then every little thing that happens comes up, gets 80% of your attention or 70% of your attention. You're completely right, like brother. All, yeah. all, the, all the emails that I fire off, you know, I, I would love to say that I'm perfect on it and that I have total comprehension of it. But there's probably, for every 10 that I send, there's probably two or three that I'm like, I didn't probably grasp the full breadth of what they were trying to say. Yeah. And sometimes in the business world, it even just takes a phone call. Like I, because I, you know, I'm a, I work in sales. Communication's a huge point. So like, well, I'll send him an email. No, 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 fucking call him. You'll get the answer, a solid answer, right then and there. You send an email. You could go back and forth because that person, that could be that, you know, 
two out of ten emails that they just glance at, and you don't get the information that you want, and you just end up wasting more time. Yeah, completely right. Also, I, I loved your thing of just like an email pings and it becomes like priority. Like you're at like everything is has the same equal weight and it's super right. urgent. Like things get yep. weight based on when they show up. There's so many times, and I'm sure you go through the same thing. When I leave work and I'm just like, you know, trying to shut down the email thing, I'm just like, oh, I didn't fucking finish this. I didn't finish this email. I didn't finish it. There's just all this shit that's yep. open because I was like, you know, 40% through something, then a new email popped up. And then like yep. that gets oh, yeah. my attention. It's like, oh, I got to like, I got to solve this. And it's just like, there's no, there's a great thing. And I got to talk to like one of my partners about, it. I, I don't know, but it's like quadranting things quadrants there's like four quadrants like a one two three four have you heard about this before it's yeah, just like, like urgency yeah. versus like importance and there's some things that aren't urgent aren't important there's some things that are urgent and important there's some things like you get it and you go around there and it's being able to i've been really trying to just put my, that in my own life where it's just like everything that shows up you know at work wise just need i need to throw that in one of those boxes and if it lands in the non-urgent non-important like just make a note of it and move on and the next yeah. time you have downtime on a fucking Saturday, and you're going through a list. You're just like, oh, maybe check that out, figure it out. Yep, yep, yeah. And then there's other uh, philosophies on that. And you talk about there's deep work, right? Which is deep work is like this. You prioritize it, kind of like eat the frog. Everyone's read that book, Eat the Frog, where it's like you do the worst thing that you have to do in the day, yeah. the very first thing of the day. Um, deep work is like where you set aside like focused hours for 90 minutes turn off email, turn your phone off. This is like, I'm full attention in this thing. And you find, you do usually set like two segments of 90 minutes in the day to go do deep work. And then that's like super prolific times in your day when you're really and like, you're also trying to look at it from a standpoint of like mentally where you're at, right. You know, like not right before lunch because you're probably hungry and thinking about lunch and other stuff like that. So I know that we're totally getting off. Dude, I love this. Can we just, it's fucking summertime. It's preseason football. Can we do a ripped about just like planning your day? I'd love to know if like, if you do like an hour breakdown of your day, like, Fuck it. We're doing it next week. Fuck it. Like, also, because we're going to have to do the other Brandana gambling corner because we ain't getting to the NFC West this week. That's for sure. But it's been a blast. We're running uh, all right. super long. My, um, okay, so you had the, so that gave us, did you give me your top one? Yeah, you gave me your top one. Uh, yeah, yeah. Two, two, 20, yeah, you didn't give mine. Yep. Two connected. 24-7 uh, access, two connected. So right now I'm going to guess that there's probably on your phone eight apps spinning around in the background of some sort eight windows of something and i'm gonna say there's Ooh, i'd like to guess this too here's what i'll do the number of points i'm off on this i'm gonna bail on the eight apps the number of unopened emails in your inbox i'm going to put at six 16 get 10 points bro Oh, look at that. Do, like do you do it. like me also? Do you, um, it, like if you read something and it needs to be taken care of, but you can't do it now, you mark it on red? Mark it on red is like, I wish you could do that to text. Such a solid. Oh, yeah. Move. Such a solid. Yeah, move. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mark, I mark it on red. Like the flag doesn't work because I, then I got to go and do my like tasks and stuff like that. Yeah. That doesn't work. All right. Uh, that gives you T37, me, moon, last thing. My number one thing, and I know I've talked about this before. Hotel room keys resetting by touching your cell phone. It's fucking insanity. It's insanity. The things we can do and not figure that out. The things we can do and if a, like my key comes within three inches of my phone, it just doesn't work. Drives me crazy. Uh, an makes oldie no but sense. a goodie. An oldie but a goodie. You Guys, get like, the W, sir. You, you, can take, you can take phones underneath water. Like You can take cameras underwater. You can do all these fucking things, but like a, a key just 
it's it goes into amnesia. It's minds wide. It doesn't know what the fuck's going on. If it just like gets close to it, sell your phone. It's on. It's guys, a- that is a point for Brandana. Uh, that was a lot of fun, bro. I didn't know that it was, was going to be. We really, we stretched out the elbow room. We kicked our feet up. We walked around. Yeah, exactly. And we, we really banged around that. We let that show down. show down breathe. And for that, we might have to do two gambi- uh, Brandana Gambling Corners in one week. All right, brother, MVP of the week, who you got? Uh, we are in Hall of Fame weekend here. I'm going to go with Ty Law, University of Michigan alum. Great defensive back, cornerback. Getting the nod. Good, good on him. Good for you. And and also, too, let's not forget about Coach Harris coming back, giving his time twice. Yes. We appreciate that, Coach Harris. You did a great job. And for that, we didn't even mention in the call, getting you a shirt, bro. We're getting you a shirt. We didn't tell getting him that. that you... Mab underscore – or Mab – I almost said Mab underscore sports. Mab sports shirt, let's put an Coach underscore. Harris. <laughs> let's put an underscore on the shirt. Yeah, I'll just do a shirt. That's right. If there. it's okay with you, I'll text him that we're going to send him a shirt. But I don't want you to think my conversation – I should call him. I'll call him. You should probably call him. Be, be more All personal, right. yeah. But the personal brand Dana Touch is what we what we'll bring here. Uh, I double up on you, bro. Uh, I did the class of 2019 Pro Football Hall of Famers elected. And congratulations, man. It's one thing to even be able to play the game you love for a career and get paid, but to actually uh, – be respected by all your peers as one of the greatest ever play the game. This crazy champ Bailey, Pat Boland, Gil Brandt, Tony Gonzalez, Ty Law, Ed Reed, Johnny Robinson. Congrats, guys. Guys, uh, Congrats. if you have something you want to tackle on the Neapolitan Showdown, if you got a map of separation, hit us up. If you can make a three-pointer while wearing a sombrero, hit us on Instagram, MAB underscore sports. Our email address is mabsportspodcast at gmail.com. I am Brandana. Why don't you sign yourself off? Most awesome. Audience, get your three-point form ready. Oh, hold on. I got a text here. Hold on. Runway, style, fame, she likes fashion. Uh.